Welcome to Beside the Burn. It's Sunday the 23rd of May 2021 and thank you for joining with us today as we worship God together. This is a pre-recorded version of the service that will be taking place in Burnside Church at 11am on Sunday and you're very welcome to come and join with us on a Sunday. Everything is socially distant, everything is sanitised, you'll be made very welcome and kept as safe as possible whenever you come and worship us. This is uh, the audio version of the service and we're having desperate bother with the live streaming at the moment so it's quite likely that it will not work on Sunday or at least it won't work reliably for you to be able to watch it. So uh, you can watch this version, you can listen to this on the podcast or the telephone line and thank you for doing that. We're taking a little break today from our uh, excursion into the book of James and because this is a special Sunday, uh, we're going to look at something a little bit different. I wonder, are you aware of what day it is today? Now, if this were Christmas, we would have no trouble saying what day it was. If this was Easter, we would all know. But perhaps today is the next most important Sunday that we could celebrate in the church calendar And yet often it gets overlooked. Even if we do know what day it is today, there hasn't been the same anticipation as Easter and Christmas. With Christmas we've got Advent, with Easter we have Lent, and yet there has been a period of 50 days leading up to today. And today is, of course, Pentecost Sunday. It's the day whenever we celebrate the birth of the church. Pentecost, as the name Pente suggests, is linked to 50. Originally, it was a Jewish feast that was celebrated 50 days after the Passover feast, and it marked the early harvest in Israel. There were two harvests every year in Israel because of the climate, and this was the early harvest. It's mentioned about five times in the Old Testament, but there it's called the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Weeks. And then whenever we come into the New Testament, uh, the feast is being celebrated at the beginning of the book of Acts, and there it's referred to this Greek name, Pente or Pentecost. And so we read in Acts 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. The disciples were all together uh, because they were celebrating the feast of Pentecost. But because it was a feast, there were people from lots of different places and different nationalities there as well. And the 50 is significant because they were now 50 days from the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus had appeared to many people for 40 days after his resurrection. This is how Luke begins the book of Acts. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So after Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples were told to wait for the Holy Spirit. They waited 10 days in Jerusalem for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And as Peter preaches, 
we read in Acts 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So today we're going to pause on our way through the book of James. We're going to spend some time with the Holy Spirit, but we're going to be linking to what we have already learnt from James so far uh, as we go through the service. Because in James 1, 19 to 20, uh, we're told, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So we're going to think about what it means to live the righteous life that God desires. We're going to think about what it means to not show favoritism in our daily lives. And already in Acts 2, we've come across tongues set on fire, not by hell, as James warns us, but set on fire by the Holy Spirit. So let's pray for God's blessing to be on us today as we worship. So let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you today because you are the Almighty and the Everlasting. We want to thank you today that you rose from the dead, that you conquered sin, and you have now offered us forgiveness. We thank you that you appeared to many people for those 40 days, showing that you are alive. And then, Lord, we thank you that you have ascended to your Father's side, we thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit to dwell within us. Today, may we know the power of your Spirit. May we live being guided by your Holy Spirit. May we know you, the mysterious, supernatural, powerful, comforting helper. And may we worship you today as our Lord and Saviour. For we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. At this point on our service on Sunday, we're going to be singing together. And we're going to sing this hymn all about the Holy Spirit. Breathe in me, breath of God. Fill me with life in you, that I may love as you have loved and do as you would do. Breathe on me, breath of God, until my heart is pure. Until my will is one with yours to do and to endure. Breathe on me, breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with you the perfect life of your eternity. We don't have the singing on this recording uh, of the service, uh, but uh, hopefully you can meditate on those words and, and think about them. Now we're going to come to God in prayer once again. We're going to uh, give thanks for the offering and we're going to uh, come to God and ask him uh, today that he uh, would help others who are in need at this time. And uh, we're going to do that thinking, I, I suppose, especially of what's been happening uh, within um Palestine and Israel and the conflict that has taken place there and I'm going to use a prayer that was uh, released this week by Evangelical Alliance uh, just helping us think about uh, Israel and Palestine so let's pray together 
Heavenly Father, as we come to you today, we thank you that you are the God who is at work throughout the world. And today, Lord, we bring our offering to you and we thank you for all those who continue to contribute towards our church. And we pray, Lord, that this money would be used for your glory and for your kingdom. Today, Lord, we want to pray for Israel and Palestine. Uh, and we pray, Father God, we see the images and hear stories from the unfolding violence in Israel and Palestine. Our heads are full and our hearts are heavy. We choose not to turn away, but to turn to you as we pray the words of Simon Peter. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Jesus, you love these places and these people. Speak your words of eternal life over them today. Creator of this earth, a world with no guns or bombs or borders, you walk these lands with compassion and grace. Prince of Peace, would you walk there again today? You died and rose from the dusty earth outside Jerusalem. Today, may your shed blood bring healing. May your resurrection power bring life. We dare to hope to see new images and hear new stories of transformation. Hatred to hospitality, swords to plowshares and mourning to dancing. May your kingdom come in Israel and Palestine as it is in heaven. Amen. Today we're going to read from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 17, a passage where the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. So let's hear God's word together. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Amen. And we pray that God will bless to us this reading of his word. Imagine this for a transformation. In just 53 days, there's a man who goes from being scared and frightened, unable to speak to anyone about Jesus, not able to share his faith in Jesus in any way. And he changes from that to being bold and courageous. Someone who is able to speak to thousands of people and to see over 3,000 come to faith in Jesus. This is the Peter that we read about in Acts chapter 2. When Jesus was on trial, Peter couldn't even summon up the courage to tell a servant girl that he knew Jesus and had spent time with Jesus. He denied to her that he knew Jesus. In fact, he denied three times that he knew Jesus. But here we are, 53 days later, and there are crowds in Jerusalem. And Peter is now standing up in front of those crowds and telling anyone who will listen that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And as he preaches, the Holy Spirit comes and 3,000 of the people respond to the message and come to faith in Jesus. So what is the difference? Oh, we could come up with all sorts of reasons. We could say, well, Peter has seen the risen Jesus Christ. He has had time to sort himself out. But the real change here is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit changes Peter from the petrified to the preacher. The Holy Spirit takes a tongue that could only deny Jesus and sets it on fire so that it can preach powerfully. The Holy Spirit takes the language from Peter's mouth and allows everyone to understand him. That's what we read in verses 5 to 6. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. The Holy Spirit has the power to change us. The Holy Spirit can change a man like Peter and he can change people like you and like me. Secondly, we see that the Holy Spirit has the power not only to change people, but he has the power to help us care for others. The power to care. When Jesus was crucified, the disciples huddled together in a locked room for fear of their own lives. But here they are, not concerned for themselves, but caring for the needs of others, wanting others to hear the good news and to come to faith. 
Then we also see that the Holy Spirit has the power to convert. Perhaps one area of our lives that's easiest to see the Holy Spirit at work is the area of conversion. But at the same time, that remains a complete mystery to us. How somebody, how we ourselves, are converted to Christ. The moment where we come to faith in Jesus Christ and accept him as our saviour is indeed a clear demonstration of what the Holy Spirit does, but also a mystery. Here in Acts, Peter is preaching. And we're told with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. We cannot explain conversion without referring to the Holy Spirit and his work. It makes no sense without the Holy Spirit at work. How can two people hear the same message and one just simply ignore it and the other fall down on their knees before the Saviour pleading for mercy? It is only through the work of the Holy Spirit that this can happen. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us when we trust Jesus Christ as our Saviour. And he is with us every day as we seek to follow. So what does this mean for us today? How do we come to faith in Jesus through the Holy Spirit? Then how do we live the righteous life that God desires? How do we care for others who are in need and not show favouritism? These are all things that we've been thinking about as we've been going through the book of James. And today, as we celebrate the birth of the church through the Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost, we're continuing to look at some of those themes. So how do we live this out in our lives? Well, I want to give you an example. I want to tell you about Robert Murray McShane. He was born in 1813 and he died at the early age of 29. McShane wrote many hymns, but there's one in particular that I want to share with you today. And we're even going to try and sing a little bit of that hymn at the end of the service. Or at least I'll give you the words for the hymn in this recording. It's a hymn that is called Jehovah Sekenu. And uh, Jehovah Sekenu is uh, is the Hebrew. And Sekenu is the Hebrew word for righteousness. So the hymn is called Jehovah or Righteousness. Remember in James we've been saying that God demands that we live a righteous life. But none of us are able to do that. So we need to turn to Jesus to find someone who was righteous. And we need to trust in him in all that we do. In this hymn, McShane describes the work of the Holy Spirit and how a believe or how somebody comes to faith in Jesus Christ. It's a hymn of testimony, I suppose. McShane describes how he had no interest in God at all. He had no interest in Jehovah my righteousness, Jehovah Sekenu. And at the start of the hymn, Jehovah Sekenu meant nothing to him. 
But as the Holy Spirit began his work, then slowly he comes to understand what Jehovah Sekenu means to him. So on Sunday, we're actually going to listen to the hymn. And we're going to listen to the first part where McShane doesn't understand who Jesus is. And it's a, a recording we're going to use on Sunday from a group called 20 Schemes. And uh, 20 Schemes are based in Scotland and they work in housing estates in large Scottish cities and towns. And they go out to those who are poor and they seek the poor, just as James has been telling us to do. And the, the, the song begins with a reading from McShane's journal where he describes the process of being taken by a friend, Andrew Bonner, who some of you will have heard of, out into Edinburgh and to the poorest parts of Edinburgh. And McShane is amazed at what he sees in those poor parts of Edinburgh because he had been showing favouritism in his life. He had been preferring to associate with the rich. And he had ignored the poor and he's amazed that they are there and he's amazed that he knows so little about them. And then the hymn is all about his relationship with, with God. And it begins with uh, the first verse. I once was a stranger to grace and to God. I knew not my danger and felt not my load. Though friends spoke in rapture of Christ on the tree, Jehovah Sekenu was nothing to me. And it's a hymn that goes to the tune of My Jesus, I Love Thee. So the first part is all about McShane not knowing Jesus and not appreciating the God of righteousness who gave himself for him. But then in the second half of the hymn, there's a turning point where the Holy Spirit calls McShane and he realises that Jehovah Sekenu must be his saviour. And this is what he says. When free grace awoke me by light from on high, then legal fear shook me, I trembled to die. No refuge, no safety in self could I see. Jehovah Sekenu, my saviour, must be. And then we have his testimony in the next verse. Terrors and fears are removed and life eternal is found. My terrors all vanished before the sweet name. My guilty fears banished with boldness I came to drink at the fountain, life-giving and free. Jehovah Sekenu is all things to me. From that point where Jehovah Sekenu was nothing to him, now the Holy Spirit has worked in his heart and Jehovah Sekenu is all things to him. And then as he has accepted Jesus Christ and received the forgiveness of sins, then he is able to articulate that Jehovah Sekenu is the only boast that he will ever have. That God is everything to him. And he says, Jehovah Sekenu, my treasure and boast. Jehovah Sekenu, I ne'er can be lost. 
In thee I shall conquer by flood and by field, my cable, my anchor, my breastplate and shield. So if you know Jesus Christ as your saviour, then you will be able to say those same words as Robert Murray McShane intended, as a hymn of personal testimony. And so that's what we would do on Sunday. Uh, We would end our service by singing that hymn. So let's bow together in prayer at the end of our time together. Heavenly Father, we pray your blessing upon us today. We thank you that you are Jehovah Sakenu, the God of righteousness. And Lord, where once that meant nothing to us, we thank you today that as we come into your presence, Jehovah Sakenu means all, everything to us. And so Lord, we trust in you and we glory in you today. And now Lord, we pray for your blessing. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all both now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you once again for worshipping with us today in Burnside through uh, this recording of the service. It is always wonderful to hear those little stories of who's listening and uh, uh, and what you have found helpful from God's word. And we do pray that you'll be blessed this week uh, as you live your life with Jehovah Sakenu and the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. So we'll see you again next week. Bye.